Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, even though it's winter, I want to talk to you today about fishing. Now, some of you might get excited when I mention the topic of fishing, Gary. <laughs> I know that I've got friends here today who really appreciate fishing as a sport and pastime, Gary. <laughs> Gary talks a lot about going into the woods and finding some pristine, secluded lake. He tells me about how, how he likes to you know, be careful about who he chooses to bring along with him. You have to bring two Mennonites, right? Because if you just bring one, he'll drink all your beer. <laughs> Gary tells me that he's been doing the kind of fishing where you stand or float right in the water. He's got, he's got one of those belly boats. I, I think they're just really a place, it's, it's a boat with a cup holder. What it is, and then he's—I imagine—he's fly casting. Is that right? You're fly casting when you're in those belly boats, and that's the sport that's very popular in Calgary, where I grew up, on the Bow River, fly fishing for rainbow trout, so delicious. Around here, locally, I live in Armstrong, so every day I'm driving past Swan Lake, and I look out to see who's on the ice. Who's ice fishing? They're sitting out there in their lawn chairs, they're watching a hole in the ice below them, hoping for a bite. And they bring up little perch the size of your hand or then, you know, and release them back into the water. Maybe they, sometimes they will put the catch on top of the ice for the blue herons to come and scavenge them. Last summer near Enderby, the Splatson Nation had cultural days where they were teaching people how to make salmon harpoons, seven feet long spears that you plunge into the river to impale a salmon. So that's the culture around here. Then I've got other friends who like to go out to Vancouver Island and fish for the big ones, salmon and halibut in the channel. They ride around in large diesel boats, dragging lines behind them. That kind of fishing, it's like Hemingway's old man in the sea, right? The work in that fish to see who's got the greater strength of will. The fish in Swan Lake are, are the bait for those, those kinds of bad boys. When I was a kid, we sang, this we sang about the gospel passage that we read today in Matthew. Jesus on the beach telling his disciples in the ancient language of the King James Version, I will make you fishers of men. You know, did everyone have that going through their heads? I will make you fishers of men, fishers of men, fishers of men. I went to a Christian school. <laughs> then in grade 11 biology, our energetic teacher drove 18 teenagers all the way from Calgary to Bamfield Marine Station on the west coast of Vancouver Island. We went onto the Pacific Ocean on a trawler. We hauled up a huge net with a winch and dumped it into a trough. And that net had picked up everything, fish, anemones, sea cucumbers, starfish, squid. Oh, it stank. I lost my pancakes. And it was much later when I learned about fishing on the Sea of Galilee. And there, there is no fly casting. 
They're casting a net over the side of the boat and hauling it up again. And that's the kind of fishing that Jesus meant as his metaphor. When Jesus invited them to be fishers of people, they thought about casting a wide net. They thought about gathering up all kinds of people. So on that day on the beach in Capernaum, when Jesus invited Simon Peter, Andrew, James, and John to follow him, just what kind of a life was he really talking about? We know these men as the first disciples of Jesus, and we know that Jesus went on to call eight more to make 12, but what were they being called into? Well, most importantly, they were being called into a relationship with Jesus. Jesus started by saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. And that call, repent, it's a call to come down a different road, fish in different waters. It's an invitation to an intentional seeking out of God's inbreaking kingdom. Turn aside from the path that you're on and follow Jesus. Jesus doesn't just want to preach at people. He's not planning a lecture circuit. He wants to form the people that he meets. He knows he can't do everything by himself. He needs relationships. He needs to build a community. So on the beach that day, Jesus cast out his net and said, follow me. Come and be with me. Come and see. Abide with me. Jesus is just beginning his ministry, but already he's magnetic enough that people are ready to drop everything to be with him. Jesus is calling these people into a relationship with each other as well. He's not calling them sequentially. He's not giving them private lessons. He's saying, let's be together. Let's see how we can get along. They needed each other, and he knew they were going to need each other for safety and stability, for support and courage building. Just like the trawler's net, the people caught up by Jesus were all very different. They weren't all fishermen. Their politics were polar opposites. Some had capitulated with the Romans by collecting taxes. Some were zealously against the empire. They were at different ages and stages in their lives. Simon left his wife and mother-in-law. James and John left their father, Zebedee. Jesus was calling them out of their lives, out of the lives they had been living, into a relationship with him and with each other. Before God calls us to do something, God calls us to be something. God calls us to be God's own beloved children. God calls us to figure out how to live a Christ-shaped life, a life infused with the sure knowledge of God's grace, mercy, and hope. When the disciples gathered, Jesus gave them a purpose. He handed out the nets. Jesus called them to be fishers for people, called them to cast out the net and find God's beloved children and redirect them so they turn towards God's love, God's grace. God's mercy. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. It's a catch and release into a new stream. Turn away from swimming for yourself. Turn towards God's love, grace, and mercy. 
For these first disciples, it was a privilege to be invited, and it was a challenge. When Jesus concluded his ministry and as he was being taken up into heaven, he instructed them to continue in the way, make disciples, baptize. And the church has carried on this tradition in the sacrament of baptism. Our baptism is our invitation. It is the net, if you will, that draws us into deeper relationship with God and with God's people. It's the net that draws us into a Christ-shaped relationship with other people. That word disciple, it's both a noun and a verb. It's two things simultaneously. It's something we are, it's something we do. We are children of God. We are the receivers of God's goodness. And we are called to do, we are called to offer God's words of mercy, grace, and hope to others. And just like in that trawler's net, those others might not look exactly like you. They might be beautiful like jeweled sea anemones, prickly like sea urchins, squishy and hard to love like cuttlefish and squids. So imagine something with me now. I want you to think of one person in your life. It could be someone who's struggling alone or someone who hasn't been exposed to Christ. It could be someone who could just use a little extra support who's been in your heart for a while. Just put that person in your mind and decide today to start intentionally praying for them. That's how you cast out the net. It starts with that simple act of praying for someone intentionally. That's the initial cast. One person at a time. There's no bait. You just stand up in the boat and throw it out. And then believing that God has brought this person, this brother or sister in Christ, into relationship with you so that you can make a difference to them. You catch them up in the net and you haul them into the boat. Being in a relationship means bearing each other's burdens, caring for each other. That is the Christ-shaped relationship. With a simple prayer and some loving action, You might be the mentor that brings this person into the fullest Christ-like self. Imagine your relationship with them could inspire them to be part of the next spiritual revolution, just like those first four men on the beach that day. The prayer you pray today for that person, the words you share in the coming months, could guide them to swim down a new stream, a kingdom way full of blessing and opportunity. And then pray for one more. Let's make 2020 the year that all saints cast our net wide. Let's make it a year where we commit to being in the net and being in the boat. Let's be hauled up into that boat. Let's make sure we're in relationship with Christ and build up goodness and power and wisdom of God. And then let's look for people to catch up in that net with us too. The person you bring to mind to pray for could be someone sitting a few pews over from you who are feeling discouraged about their welcome here. Could be someone in your neighborhood or at your workplace. We're disciples of Christ. We have the privilege to share and the responsibility of casting that net, the responsibility for passing on the truths of our faith and our Christian values. Beloved children of God, what started on that beach that day in Capernaum 
stretches through the ages to each one of us today. Just like Peter, Andrew, James, and John, we have everything we need. We have the capacity to start a spiritual revolution. Jesus is asking us, will you come and follow me? In the name of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.